Insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. But if you're ready to level up your life and get results that truly matter in your health, business, mindset, and relationships, then this is the podcast for you. Welcome to Sheer Madness, where we have unscripted, real conversations with the world's top athletes, entrepreneurs, and coaches. Discover real-world and tactical advice from the best in the business. Let's go. Today I have with me who I consider to be the fittest man on the face of this planet. He is a bodybuilding legend and a real-life superhero, four times California powerlifting champion, four times Mr. Natural Universe, Mr. America, Mr. International, Mr. World, a titan himself, Mr. Mike <laughs> O'Hearn. You don't see it, but all my friends are standing up right now, just plotting and no, I'm kidding. <laughs> Thank you. Nice opening. I like that. <laughs> yeah, you know, I always uh, mix it up. It's uh, different every single time, but um, um, you probably, I mean, honestly, I know you told me that I'm a freak, but you're far beyond what I would consider. <laughs> so uh, as we were talking about before we got started here, I've been considered a freak my whole life in the fitness industry. And that's why I'm so excited to have you on my podcast is to kind of have that heart to heart and kind of see a little bit of what your mindset is, because, you know, it's different. And the reasons why people do certain things is always going to be different. And um, I have a ton of respect for anybody in the bodybuilding world or the fitness industry, just because the amount of work ethic that they have to have and drive is just on a whole nother level. But then to maintain it the way that you have for so long and even just maintaining your youth the whole longevity it's um it's incredibly impressive and I think most people probably wonder what is he taking (laughs) what is the secret to all of this I know that's everybody's question is what is the magic pill he's got to be taking something and you know what's most impressive is is that you're not is that you've maintained this just by consistency. Yeah, I think I think the older school guys or, or the guys that actually not just study this but live this lifestyle understand that if you're if you're doing something extra extra, it's hard to maintain it and keep it uh, unless it's just naturally on your body. And so, with that being said, it is and and you understand this. It's just consistency, day in and day out. Um, for me. Like I said about you, you're a freak when it comes to health and fitness and training. You love it. Um, I say that you're not motivated. You're passionate about it. And that's why you get up and you go do it. It's not one of those uh, jobs that you have to do. You like it. Uh, If you got paid for it, didn't get paid for it, you'd still do it. And that's the same as me. I, I love this stuff. I started at nine years old. I started training early at nine years old, and I just never went away from that. And like you said, it's it's that consistency. And I didn't plan to do it for 42 years. Um, but it turned into day in and day out training. And I, and I absolutely believe this stuff. Yeah. I mean, you said you started when you were nine years old, which is pretty young. Is that weightlifting bodybuilding you started or just started in athletics? At well, I was lucky enough to be somewhat bred into a family that was uh, a psycho as well. Um, so I had a mom that was a martial artist uh, and a dad that was a bodybuilder football player. And then from that, I had nine older brothers and sisters 
who all competed in powerlifting, bodybuilding, uh, wrestling, martial arts. And so as the youngster, um, getting my kid, my ass kicked by not just my brothers, like most little boys do, but, uh, but my sisters were kicking my butt. So I said I had to do something. And so I started training uh, with weights and wrestling and martial arts. But I did compete um, in power. Uh, Olympic lifting was my first thing at 13 years old. And then I stepped on stage at 14 years old as a bodybuilder and a power lifter. Um, and I won my first shows. And I was already hooked um, in the sense of loving to do it. But at 14, walking on stage with um, all 19-year-old teenagers and then beating them at 14, when they were all 19, I said, wow, I, I actually really, really like this kind of, <laughs> whatever this is, you know, and, and watching the magazines and looking at the magazines, I knew at that age um, what I wanted to do. Yeah. You know, and we hear this all the time is, oh, they're just genetically gifted. They were born fit. You know, she probably came out of the womb with eight pack abs. And I've gone back to pictures of myself and I'm like, oh no, I was not. I mean, sure. Like I'm a little bit more petite than maybe some other people, but um, I definitely wasn't born with abs by any means. Um, I was a gymnast when I was younger and I was a dancer. And I think that definitely helped having that athletic foundation. I think gymnasts are very, very athletic, you know, and the cars and the, and the ring. But, um, you know, most people would look at you and even look at me and just say that, you know, it's just genetics. And so what would be your response to that? Because it's obviously not genetics or maybe they'll be like, it's a combination. They have good genetics and then you add in the work ethic along with it and, that's why you are where you are today. I think, yeah. First of all, how old were you when you started athletics? I was put in gymnastics probably when I was like six, seven years old. So I'm perfect. Not, yeah. And when you started weight training, actual weight training, when did, how old were you then? I actually didn't start weight training until college. So I was 21, 22, actually. Okay. All right. So at that point, did you fully understand genetics and, and what it's made up of? And the point I'm saying is this, at nine years old, I don't know if I was genetically gifted. I had no comprehension of what genetics meant at nine years old. I knew I loved lifting. And so I think when it comes to people going, ah, just chalk it up to genetics, we're in love with this and you can change your own genetics. And if you love something, so you can change that. So I'm going to say, Am I genetically gifted? I came from a pretty decent family. Did I change my own DNA? 100%. I changed what, what, what my makeup was um, because of the fact that uh, I took the genetics that I was given from my parents that were probably pretty good. Um, and then I adapted my own consistency to it that changed everything. Um, because even though I chose to go one path with my uh, health and fitness and do drug tested shows, and also compete against the guys on drugs. Um, I chose to go one path is because I saw that my brothers went the other path. And so I learned from uh, them, watching them, what the benefits were and then what wasn't the benefits. And so I think when it comes down to it, anybody that just dropped the whole genetic thing, because that's a give up. It's a mindset. I don't got the genetics for it. So why even try? Oh, wow. That's, that's not a great way to live life. Um, so in my sense, I've seen some freaks, some genetic freaks. Um, my girl's a genetic freak. 
I train every day. I eat perfect every day. Um, and I stay consistent every day. She trains three times a week, eats probably as much as I do, if not more carbs, and looks like she could walk on stage every single day. Now, that's a genetic freak. Yeah. Uh, so the whole mindset about it, people need to drop it. And here's another thing. The, and I think you got to really, really analyze the point of when people say he's taken something uh, or it's genetics. It's really just kind of a give up because it's not you don't need to compete against me or, or anybody else in this world. You're just trying to create the best version of yourself. And for you to give up just because maybe you don't have the greatest genetics, you're still going to look incredible. You're going to look better than you would look if you didn't do it. So it, it's kind of go with it. Go, go with it. Drop the uh, excuses or, or this person's better than me. I think you, you're around such epic people that always talk about don't compare yourself to others. Uh, this person may, may be richer than you or, or uh, understands this, that, and the other thing better than you understand it or anything like that. It's, uh, I don't think you're the kind of person I, or, or I am that compares ourselves to others. We just do the best we possibly can and try to create our own. Yeah. And I think the whole um, you know, genetics thing is really a cop-out because mm -hmm. if you were to find out, let's say you were predispositioned to have some type of a cardiovascular risk factor, wouldn't you do anything in your power to prevent against having any kind of a heart attack or you would make sure that you ate better you would make sure you exercise you'd make sure you took all of your fish oils and vitamins that you needed to because you knew you had that genetic predisposition so people who are like oh i don't have good genetics and they just give up they're that's just a cop-out you know and I, I truly believe that and if anything sure there may be people who you know they have to work a bit harder but so what, you know, the people who have great genetics and they're not busting their ass every single day and they're not staying consistent, you know, you'll probably pass those people because genetics don't work unless you do. And that is a quote that I've seen go around before, but it's 100% true. Yeah. Genetics doesn't drive you to the gym. And I've, I've been in, like you said, I've been in this industry. Uh, first time I was in the magazines were before you were even thought of <laughs> 1987. I was in the magazines and, and still in the magazines in 2020. And I've seen like the next great Arnold come and go almost every single year. It's an amazing thing. I know the world doesn't see it, but I'll see these guys come into gold's gym and I'm like, this kid's got everything. He's got the charm. He's got the good looks. He's got the great genetic bone structure. Um, he's training hard. And then a year later he's done. I've seen some incredible genetically gifted guys not have the dedication where I've seen the opposite. I've seen guys come in terrible genetics, um, but had a work ethic that was beyond and those guys make it. So the whole concept of, uh, well, I, I'm going to skip it. Not even going to attempt it. Not born with the genetics. That's just a complete cop out. Like you were saying. Yeah. And it's even like right now in the midst of COVID coronavirus, you know, you can figure out a way to work out if you really want to. The same thing with nutrition. You know, everyone's stockpiling and hoarding all these processed and unhealthy foods. You know, now is the time, if anything, we need to take care of our health more than ever because it's got our immune system is our number one defense. We don't have any kind of vaccine. We don't have any kind of medication for this. So if your immune system fails, if you have inflammation, if you're overweight, you're Sherlock, you're SML. I mean, I mean, so you 
better be taking care of yourself right now, especially, um, you know, and kind of going back to your childhood, you know, I'm, I'm curious as to kind of what cultivated this drive. I know you said like you got into the weightlifting, you started doing the competitions and you realized that, you know, Hey, I could kick people's butt who, you know, we're on gear and I'm not, and I'm younger than them. And, you know, I think that kind of like feeds us a little bit as you're like, Hey, I'm really good at this. But like that innate drive to just want to be the best ever, like where did that come from? That definitely came from uh, school and um, realizing I was an outcast from early on. Uh, I was a big kid. And so um, in first grade, and I don't know why they did this, but in first grade, um, they thought I was this incredible genius. So they uh, told my parents, hey, he's bright. Let's start skipping grades. We're going to have this kid into uh, college by 14, 15. Um, what they didn't realize is that I had dyslexia. And so I was figuring out things, but I was figuring out how to get around things to, to get to the answer relative to anything else. And in first grade, really, what are you figuring out? So I started skipping grades. Um, and then they realized later on, um, they realized, okay, we were wrong. This guy's, uh, <laughs> he can't read or write. Uh, he can't do much. So they threw me into special ed. Um, and at that point, my mentality changed. Uh, to where, you know, as kids, you get teased a lot. And I look back at this stuff, and it was like the greatest things that ever happened to me. Uh, it set me up to win, because it set me in that, uh, that mindset that I was different. Um, I was unique. Uh, there was something going on. And so as, as you get pushed into those special ed classes, you realize <clears throat> um, the teasing starts and, and that trauma as a kid starts, which is if used correctly, is a great tool. Uh, it's a great fuel. So I was protecting the kids that were in my class, so I was getting in fights all the time um, with the regular kids, we'll say, uh, because at that age, everybody gets teased, especially ed kids especially. So I was getting in a lot of fights, and I took to sports uh, to set myself out, uh, and I was great at it. And so I kept pushing that. Um, and But the one thing I remembered is that being put separate and, and, and something that may think people will say dyslexia is such a crutch. Um, it's tough to get through life. It was probably the greatest thing that ever happened to me to set me up for winning later on in life uh, relative to um, just being with the average people being pushed through school the regular way. It was a, it was incredible for me. Now, again, everybody takes things like that differently. Um, but just like this situation that we're in now, using that in the same sense, to me, we're in lockdown and we have to be smart about our nutrition and our training. And I know that it's a hard time financially for a lot of people, but there's not much we can do about this, right? So try to take care of yourself in the best way you possibly can right now. So correct the nutrition, get your metabolism working again, uh, make sure you're healthy right now. And start thinking outside of the box. Start thinking about, okay, is, is maybe this is the best thing that happens to you because you start thinking about, I really don't like my job. I want to do something else. And that's the, that's the mindset I've had my whole entire life. When, when I was in those classes and um, they were getting teased and I was seeing how people were at that young age and it continued through, 
I just realized that this, this other aspect of what I was doing and how I wanted to live my life was definitely different from the average person. And so I made the choices back then that I will continue to do this and push this to a level, regardless of how long it takes. And that goes back to the consistency of what you said. I realized this may take forever, but I ain't going to quit it. I love that. And that gave me chills because I can relate to that story quite a bit. I was bullied myself. I should show you a picture of what I looked like in middle school. I did not look like anything like I did today. I had terrible acne. I, I was so bad. I was even put on Accutane. I had my front two teeth were like crossed. I had braces then because of that. Uh, just getting into makeup. I mean, you wouldn't even recognize me if you saw those pictures. And, um, you know, a lot of the mean girls at school bullied me quite a bit. Um, not to mention like my childhood, which I've talked about a bit on this podcast is I was neglected as a kid. Uh, my father was mentally ill. And then my mom, you know, trying to get out of that situation, you know, pursued other men and was always out partying and drinking. So that's what created my innate drive at an early age is one, I realized that no one was going to do the work for me. No one provided anything for me that I would have to, you know, if I wanted to get out of this situation and I wanted to be nothing like the rest of my family, you know, I wanted to, to be better. I wanted to have, have a life. And then also I think kind of like what you said with, with the bullying, I, re I relate to that. And, you know, I was picked on a lot for like, Oh, your teeth and just different things like that. And, you know, that really affected me. And I think once I was able to develop that confidence within myself and, you know, fitness and all that, it does that for you. Not even just because, yes, it changes the way you look and you feel more confident in your body, but I think just the work ethic you develop along the way, you know, and then just staying, staying consistent and really proving it to yourself more than anybody else, you know, that develops confidence in yourself. So once I got started, like with weightlifting, you know, I was addicted, just like you, I was hooked. I've barely taken rest time. Like I've taken it cause I've needed it, but like mentally it was difficult for me. <laughs> like I go on vacation and I'm like, I still want to do a work. I just like, I feel like I still need to do something always. And you know, the same things with nutrition is, you know, people, the biggest question I get is, do you ever have a cheat meal? Which I'm wondering about that is, is for you as well too. And you know, I'll say, you know, like I'll have meals that maybe not, be as healthy or on plan. Yes, I'll go out to dinners and, you know, it's not like a perfect meal, but honestly, I care more about the way I feel versus like the food itself. And I care more about my goal than the way just something tastes good. And yes, there's times where it makes sense. Like the foods that I'm eating, you know, I will eat more if I'm doing a really heavy leg day. Sure. I may, you know, have splurge a little bit more, but not I don't just do it because, you know, that really doesn't make sense to me. And yeah, I'll have a glass of wine every now and then, but um, I definitely relate to that on a very deep level with what you said. You said a couple of things there. Uh, what I love is that you said that you did it for you. Um, and I know that people will talk about, well, you know, what happens as a kid, let it go. Uh, that was years ago. Move on. A chip on his shoulder is a great thing to have. In my belief, a great and most of the most elite people I've ever met, and now you've been doing this and talking to some elite people, I've guaranteed the majority of them had that that drop, that that outcast attitude, that that out of the box. Okay, if you guys aren't going to think that I'm normal like everybody else, I'll make sure that I'm not. And uh, you said you do it for you, and that's a great thing because I always tell people if you're trying to do 
and I'll stay in the, in the health and fitness or the TV world, if you're trying to do it for money or fame, you'll never stay with it. Those two things you cannot control and they don't come fast. Um, and if they do come fast, you don't appreciate it. Um, you do it for you. If, if you're doing workouts and you actually are doing it for yourself to be a better person for yourself, you'll stay with it and you'll have the passion to do it. If you're doing it because you, you want to look good for the guys or the girls, ain't going to last. Or you're doing it for the money. Money doesn't come quick. You got to build up. You got to, you got to create a name. You got to create whatever it is. And then it's really up to the fans. Do the fans like you? Do they relate to you? So all those things are outside of your course. So if you don't do it for yourself, like you do, and I do, ain't going to happen. And then the second thing is that chip on the shoulder. You're talking about it. And I know you're 27, so you're a pup still. And that happened you know, when you were a little one. But not letting go of that and keeping that in there and waking up um, with that passion in your mind about, I will be the opposite of whatever that was for your lifetime is a great thing to have. And I know people say, always let go of that. And it's like, I ain't letting go of it. I, I love that I was that way or was teased or, or was, um, well, they tried to bully me. I didn't, didn't get bullied. I was fighting. <laughs> um, but it's that, it's that passion that when I go into the gym and I tell people this, when I walk into the gym early, I'm still that 14 year old boy walking in there trying to prove something, but prove something to myself. Um, and it, it turned into something that's beyond that now, because it's, I guess they're saying I'm the first guy to be able to create a physique and keep it for almost, uh, well, for four decades. Yeah. And so that's cool for me. So now that's, now it's me again going, okay, how much longer can I change how people look at 40? Can I change how they look at 50? Um, the concept of, well, you shouldn't train heavy. Well, I've done it for 35 years and I'm healthy and joints are healthy. So I love the fact that we, we went through that trauma and came out the other side and used it and didn't, didn't uh, play victim to it. I agree because that chip on your shoulder, it's kind of like you said, people say, let that go, but it depends on how you're using it. I believe um, you can have the, my father was an alcoholic. So how could I ever be any different than follow those same footsteps? And yeah, that's a chip on your shoulder. You probably shouldn't have, or you can have the mindset is my father was an alcoholic. Therefore I'm going to be nothing like that. And I'm going to, you know, achieve and prove it to myself. So same situation, you can have two very completely mind, different mindsets. And it always comes back, I think, to the why. Like everyone, you know, you can post pictures on social media and Instagram all day long of your body and your abs. But it's the why you're doing it. If you're posting, like the girls posting their ass <laughs> on social media in their butt, if you're doing it because you're looking for that outside validation, if you're looking for someone to say, like, approve of you or to make you feel like you're good enough, you know, which a lot of us do that oftentimes because we're always looking for that outside validation um, and we're not getting it from ourselves. Or you can have the other perspective and be like, fuck, I worked my ass off for this and I'm proud of it. And, you know, I love what I'm doing. And this just sh is showcasing my work ethic, same picture, but can have two very different complete meanings. So I think it always goes back to that why as to why it is that you're doing this. And I think that's why, you know, you've been able to do this for so long is it's because your why is about you. It's not about other people. And I think a lot of those other people out there who sure they may get that shredded physique. And like you said, they have it for a year, maybe two years of it 
gone, it's because of their why was because of something external. It was something outside of them that they wanted, whether that be the money and the fame, whether that be, you know, the attention from the people, whatever it may be, it was just always outside of them. And that fades because that's never fulfilling. Yeah. I think I, I won't, I won't, uh, I think you're the same as me. I don't think of bodybuilding as a sport. I've always thought of it as an art show. Um, and for me, I know when I put up a picture, it's just the creation, the, the art history that I have done for that physique. Um, and that's how I view it. And that's why I always stay covered up. I always, uh, as a kid, I always, I was told something and it just stayed with me. Um, it, Joe Weider actually said, uh, cover up your art piece until you're ready to show it. He didn't say it in that term, but that's how I took it. And I was like, uh, an artist never shows his painting until it's done. And so for me, when I post a picture, I go, okay, this is at the end of my, my creation. This is my art piece. Here you go. Um, this is what I'm creating. So it's like a person putting up an art piece or, or a sculpture of something. That's how my mentality is looking at it. And again, you're right, because somebody can just scroll through the pages and they see me with abs and the shoulders and they go, oh, this guy's, what's he doing? I don't want to see this. That's arrogant. When it's something completely different. And I think something that you have and, and, and people that I have talked to that have done struggles, it keeps them so humble and down to earth to the people that are trying and trying to create something, trying to do something. So there's such a different approach. One thing I would say to anybody that's listening when you do have a social media page and you are trying to create something, you're trying to build your page, stay true to you. Um, if there is information that you have to give to people, it's usually from the experiences you've gone through. Uh, I know that I try to stay in my, my circle of what I've created, what I've, what I've gone through in life to teach in that aspect. Um, Cause my belief is, uh, Try something, study it, learn it, and then I can teach it. Mm -hmm. Not to speak about something I don't know. I'm never going to speak about stock markets. Um, we own real estate, but we, we own it because uh, uh, we were smart with our finances, and then we have smart people around us. Um, but again, I'm not going to speak about it. <laughs> but when it comes to us and health and fitness and doing it, stay away from the, the egotistical part of it. Stay away from... I'm better than you. Uh, I'm stronger than you. Uh, I look better than you. Stay away from that stuff and you're golden. Because then you never have to respond because we know how ugly social media can go. We know the hate can go with it. You know, we were talking about that early on. Um, how did I create the physique? I just kind of laugh at how those individuals that just scroll by your page react compared to the ones that know the struggle. Is that if that makes sense to everybody, but that's, that's my one takeaway from social media. Why people go, well, how do you deal with hate? And I go, I, I don't get hate. I get average people responses to what they're seeing. I, I've had to figure out how to deal over the years myself. Cause um, you know, I get the people like, how dare you, sh you know, as a female showcase your body, you know, you like, I've had someone go as far as to say things like you claim to be a Christian and that you showcase your body, and, you know, sexually. And I'm just like, one like this was also a fitness like thing and I'm like I'm, I'm showcasing my hard work and my body is art um and I am a Christian as well too like I'm both of those and you know that was probably one time I let it get to me a little bit more than I should have or most of the time I don't even give 
you know, I don't even write back to those comments because honestly, there's no point in arguing with that. They just will never understand and you're never going to convince them either as well too. And I, I've never understand like, it's like this, the, thing, the saying of the people who are doing better than you are never going to sit back and, you know, comment on your page, like all those hateful things to you. I mean, you think the best and the best are scrolling through social media and like writing out like, oh man, it's fake, you know, or just like bashing you for that. No, they don't have time to do any of that stuff. So like by any means, so the people like you also need to listen to, it's like, you should care what people think. You know, I think the whole, don't give up about what anybody thinks. I, I don't agree with that. I think you should care what people think. You should care about the people who you care about obviously you should care about what Mona thinks. You should care about what your family thinks. You should care about your mentors. You know, if they're going to give you advice or people you look up to, you should care about what people think. But for the people who you have no idea, who don't know you on social media, who feel like they have a right to tell you how you should live your life, how you should showcase it. I say, yeah, those people, I mean, I will block them, you know, and what's kind of cool is I'm sure you, you'll, you get this too, is the people who do believe in you, who do follow you, will always, you don't even have to say anything back because they'll just be like, and they'll just bombard those people for their negative comments anyway. I actually ask my fans um, that truly support me in, in this journey to not respond to the hate and start sticking up for it. It's like, you said something earlier and there was a beautiful quote, I forgot what it was and I wish I remember, but it was basically when you start arguing with an idiot, the idiot will always win. Just says there's just no point that you're you're trying to discuss something that they can't even comprehend. They don't understand what it's like to get up every day for you to to eat what you're doing day in and day out and be perfect like you're doing. I know that you're in love with it and you love it, but it's still that consistency of how you're doing it and staying like you are. Um, for anybody in this world, I think I know better than most what it's like to be consistent for decade after decade after decade. Um, I've obviously at this point now have lost my mom and my dad, um, which is some of the hardest times in my life, but I stayed consistent and I continued forward, uh, even though I dropped and was sad and depressed. Um, this time right now is the same way. Uh, I'm staying consistent as can be, and nobody's going to relate to that. Nobody's going to understand that they're going to be the opposite of, uh, well, if, if you lose a parent, you can take some time off. Absolutely. You can for me to keep my sanity and for me to keep my drive, I had to keep moving forward. And that's just something somebody else will not comprehend. So you being a religious in what you believe and also believe that you're putting in work to create this art piece and you're showing it is wrong to some Christians or some people. Again, you've got to live with your, your life and how you believe it is. And um, Again, I, I am, I'm that kind of guy that grew up in the health and fitness world from such a young age. So I think the body is a beautiful thing on a guy or a girl. And I'm a straight guy. So it's an art piece to me. Um, so um, Mona, Mona's, Mona's teasing me now. <laughs> it is an art piece. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's a tough thing to argue with anybody that can't relate with your struggles and your things. And I think what's great about you is that uh, – uh, the more I've watched you from the sidelines and how you uh, uh, carry yourself, uh, I was I think of you as like Todd Abrams. Todd Abrams is not somebody that, um, for you fans that don't know Todd Abrams, Todd Abrams is the uh, owner of Icon Meals, who's uh, also my uh, uh, 
my son's godfather. Um, and he is somebody that doesn't, he's a very good religious man, but he doesn't go out and preach it and do it. And he just lives his life and by rules, by, by honoring people and being kind and stuff. And so I can appreciate that. I want to reiterate on a point that you make that I think is very important right now, because in the midst of hardship or trauma or anything that people may be going through, I think it's, it's a normal reaction to stop everything in your life, stop it all. And you allow it to consume you. But I think you do need to do the opposite. You need, if anything, to keep as much normalcy and consistency as possible. And that's going to help you with your sanity, like you said. And like right now in the midst of COVID, you know, so many people are, are hiding and fearful and they're stopping all their complete routines. And I say, no, you need to stay with your routines. If you have a normal morning routine where you get up, you work out, you know, you do your journaling, you do reading, whatever it may be that you're doing as part of your routines, you need to stay consistent with that. We need as much normalcy as possible. I know things aren't normal right now, but you need to keep it as normal as possible. You can't allow this to affect you. And when this is all over, you're either going to be honestly coming out of like a cave, like, oh, it's unhappening, I've been hiding, yeah. or you're going to be coming out that much better and not even have missed a beat, like from where you left off. Like I'm utilizing this time to, to get ahead right now, to get people on my podcast that maybe I wouldn't have had time to before, maybe they wouldn't even have had time to, you know, I'm working on different business ventures. So there's always things you just need to, to keep moving and keep that consistent as much as possible and yeah we're all going to experience those lows and those difficulties but you just can't allow it to consume you because the mind is such a powerful thing and when we sit back and we allow that to take over I mean we talk about all the time in health like how the effect of stress on the body and what that truly does and you know when I think we allow that to take over our mind i mean you're not doing anything and you're just like i'm gonna sit i'm not i don't want to get out of bed i want to sleep all day and i want to you know feel just in that scarcity victim mindset you will become that as well too and then now your health is going to be affected one you're not working out you're not doing your things normal but your mental health as well too and mental health is huge right now i mean we talk all about like the physical health but the immune system and all that too but your mental health is everything you, I mean, you know, we can't do anything. You can't have this kind of mindset you have as well too, if our mental health deteriorates. So I loved what you said there about just staying consistent and when like your parents passed away and just knowing that you weren't going to let that, I'm sure it affected your life, but you weren't going to stop everything that you were doing because that would have caused more harm than good. I think I think you're 100% correct. I don't I don't know if people really understand um, <clears throat> what happens because the mind kind of leads everything. I think you you believe as well as I do is that you can train great and uh, you can get your eight nine hours of sleep. Let's say you're just plush on your sleep and your training is on point and you are eating perfect. And if you're mentally stressing out. I don't think people realize that stops your progress. I don't think they know how strong your mind is where you're releasing cortisol and it shuts your body down regardless of how well you're training, sleeping and eating. You still don't get any benefit and you're actually hurting your body. Um, and I think the more people will learn about the mind, 
they'll understand how much better they can be the body. And for me, anytime that hardship happens, I'll even as crazy as I am when it comes to training and nutrition and stuff, when hardship happens, I even bear down even harder and make sure that I move forward. Um, because for me, that keeps my mind understanding that I'm going to grieve. I'm going to be in pain, um, but I'm going to take my health and, and, and the last name. Uh, like when I lost my parents, it wasn't, I wasn't training for myself for once. I was training for my last name and to create something that nobody's ever created before. And that made me have more passion than just the um, individual at that moment. And so if you can find something, and for anybody out there, if it's the parents that have kids that are, are scared, um, if they can somehow just try to find that ump right now to be strong in front of their kids, in front of their spouse, you know, that kind of thing would be an incredible part of it. And, and, and starting those, um, and again, I'll go back to health and fitness, because health and fitness, we got our one body, our one vessel. And if we wreck this, we're not doing well. Regardless of being in lockdown, you wreck your body, you're not coming out of this any any good. So try to start some kind of exercise. Question for you on nutrition. Have you changed your nutrition because you're doing less? I don't feel like I'm doing less, though. I okay. feel like I'm doing more because I'm outside yeah. I'm a lot more. <laughs> and I'm doing more cardio than I would normally do. I'm still lifting. Um, but I'm actually probably burning more calories just because I've been enjoying being outdoors and walking my dogs a bit more than I probably normally would. So my nutrition is actually pretty consistent from what I was doing before, in all honesty. I love that. For me, I guess, uh, in a sense, uh, this was great for me to be off the road and guest posing all the time um, because I'm always sliced. I'm always in shape. And the one thing I always talk about is I'm a believer in carbohydrates, which has helped me keep my strength and energy um, through the decades. Mm -hmm. The thing that's problem with me is that I'm always sliced, so I'm always in a deficit. So this has actually helped me actually go old school again and go off season and allow the, you know, the calories to go up into a surplus and get that extreme strength back. Because uh, if people thought I was strong before, wait until they see what I'm doing now. <laughs> I want to come out of this and, and my goal is actually to uh, come out of this and, and be in better shape than I've ever been in. That's the goal. Yeah. And I'm sure people ask you all the time, like, what is the best diet? You know, that's probably the other question I get all the time where I'm like, oh, but uh, what is your response normally when you get that question? And, you know, people will say like, well, what diet do you follow? And they want to follow the exact same diet that you're following like I don't want to do that <laughs> it was funny I heard Arnold say something once he said uh guys would follow him around the gym and do the same workout as him and they never looked the same because he had a different approach he did things even though you're doing dumbbell curls and he's doing dumbbell curls he's getting more out of it um or it's just different my recommendation for diet wouldn't be the same as my diet. I would say whatever you can stay consistent with would be my first thing. Now there's a lot of diets and I know that it's becoming kind of a, almost like a cult thing. If this person says, well, I'm doing this kind of diet and that's the greatest thing in the world. And this diet's the greatest thing. Your body will adapt to everything. And so no matter what diet works for you right now, it's not going to work in three years for you. Um, and so my first recommendation for anybody is Whatever workout plan you like, it's probably the best for you. 
whatever diet you like and that can stay with consistently. That again would be the best for you. Um, but I do believe there is a difference if you go a step further and go, there's a difference between eating healthy and eating right. Eating healthy is, you know, your vegetables, you know, you have a little bit of fruit or carbohydrates and your proteins and you eat a couple times a day. That's eating healthy. Um, but eating right is different. Eating right is feeding your body the way it needs to be fed. So that's just a, a whole nother talk and stuff, but it, it's a completely dive into that person and what they need for their body and how to, how to create it. And so they're moving in the right direction. And that's always what I preach to my clients too. Of course, the best diet is what you can be consistent with. Because I get clients who come in all the time and they're like, hey, I want to do keto. I heard it worked really great for my friend here and I just want to do keto. And I'm like, you know, keto has worked for a lot of people. A lot of people have lost weight on it. But tell me this, are you going to be able to stay below three grams of carbohydrates long-term for the rest of your life? Also, you're a female, it's probably not going to be the best for your hormones as well, too. And they're like, oh, no, probably not. And I'm like, all right, so let's find something that can get you the same results. You know, let's get if your goal is to lose weight that can get you those same results, but without feeling overly restrictive that you can maintain long term. And that's going to be the best approach. So, you know, I love that. I think more people need to realize that because that's always, you know, what's the next biggest fad that's around in terms of dieting, you know, and intermittent fasting, you know, and all these different things, but it's really what you can maintain the longest. You know, I think there are certain nutrition approaches that should be applied to all, for example, fried food, you know, industrial seed oils, vegetable oils. I mean, that's not good for anybody and you probably shouldn't eat it all the time. In your diet. That's going to be the same all across the board. And then depending on what your workouts are like, are you doing strength training or are you, you know, an endurance athlete or are you very sedentary? Do you have a desk job and then you maybe just go for walks every now and then your nutrition is going to look very different. Do you have health concerns? I wouldn't give, you know, a diabetic the same diet as someone who's an athlete by any means. Right. So, yeah, I get, I get that question all the time. Like, you know, I've had some look at me and I'm like eating, you know, carbs. I eat carbs that most all of my meals in all honesty and the types of carbs will vary depending on my workouts and the amounts but I I've cut carbs before and I felt awful awful because I train and I train hard I train most days so that did if anything my physique probably looked worse when I did that it did not do me any justice but then I hear some have someone who's insulin resistant um you know look at me and I'm like well why do you get to eat that and I'm like <laughs> I not trying to lose weight. Um, I'm training like crazy and, you know, I'd wither away probably if I didn't eat them, you know, so. I love that you said that because again, you're 27. So you're still a pup in a sense, um, but you're eating carbohydrates, which I love that a woman is saying that because the two things that I, I always hear about is women, um, no carbs and no weightlifting. I don't want to get muscular. When, when you think about weightlifting, that women need weightlifting more than men do because of bone density. And the one thing, I don't know why it was with me, I think is because I was told as a kid, because um, I started doing modeling and all this at 15, 16 years old. And uh, everybody said, well, you better have a backup plan. Uh, you know, you can't weight lift and bodybuild or model all your life. I'm like, oh, okay. All right. Well, then let me analyze this and figure out how I can set myself up to win for the future. I know I want to look good today. I know I want to be a beast today. I want to win the universe today. But 
what can I do now that will set me up in 10 years, which is crazy. I mean, we think about that with finance, but we don't think about that with our bodies. So how can I set myself up in the future to be still healthy and great? And one thing I noticed is the majority of health and fitness people or the experts, I'll say those people's experts, talk about how to put a Band-Aid on things right now. Well, you're overweight. Okay, drop carbs. You'll be fine. Go keto. I go, well, that's great, but what are you setting them up for the future? Because you said something I've never heard anybody besides myself say. Can you go your whole life without eating pasta or bread? Because I know I sure can't. I know Mona can't. So that's something you said to somebody and you said, and that's great because that's future. That's realistic. That's okay. I know that you're going to want to get in shape right now and stuff, and then you need to maintain it. And so when you're trying to get in shape and then you got to figure out how to maintain it, that goes together. If you're going to be doing two to three hours of cardio, not eating carbohydrates for the next four months to get in shape, how are you going to maintain that? What happens after? So I, I, I think I give you props, first of all, just for eating carbohydrates with all your meals and how you are and how you're set up. But at 27, if you're doing that and you look like you do, you can maintain that. That's something that's when we see you at 40, 50, you're going to be the same. Um, I talk about Mona when she went through her uh, pregnancy. I see that social media, which is a downside of social media, as how all the mothers, and I'm not saying staying in healthy shape is bad. But trying to stay lean while you're having a baby makes no sense to me. You're an incubator at that point, and you're supposed to be feeding a second human. And so I wouldn't want to fine-tune or, or be in a deficit where you're trying to create this other human. So the one thing we did with Mona is basically what I try to recommend to people. At a certain point, back down your training, back it down to 60%, and start back over because we can't stay at 100% all the time. With most of my training, I'll go up to 100, and then I'll back it down to 60% intensity, and then I'll start bringing it back up. Now that's, you can do over a year, over two years, and you can continue it, but the people that try to diet perfect for a year and, and train at 100% for a year, you're gonna burn out and you're gonna hurt your body in the long run. But with something like with Mona, we, we took her off of weightlifting, made sure that her nutrition was on point for the child and for her healthy training um and moderate she was training what twice a week around there twice a week during the pregnancy very little stress fun for her um that way when the baby was born that we bring her car her calories down just a little bit and bring her training up just a little bit she already started dropping weight and she was on stage with me four months after having the baby and that's from somebody that didn't train almost for a year and is eating carbohydrates throughout that period of time to get back in shape. And she's not 27. So the, the concept of what your body can do and can't do is interesting to me because people think nobody can eat carbs nowadays. That's the common, everybody I talk to, uh, uh-uh, I'm carb sensitive. Well, you're carb sensitive because you haven't had carbs in a year. Of course you're carb sensitive. It's an, it's an interesting thing to me, but I'm so proud of you. Keep talking about that. <laughs> well, thank you. You know, I think what you're doing too is you're looking at the long game where most people are just focused on that short-term goal. They want that, like you said, that Band-Aid. They want that magic diet pill. They want that quick fix. 
you know, and it's even the same in healthcare. That's what actually got me more on the functional side of nutrition is because, for example, someone goes in with any health condition, you know, they go in with depression, we give them an antidepressant, you know, we don't really look at the root cause. We don't try to find anything that's going to be long-term and sustainable. So I think, you know, we need more healthcare practitioners, more coaches, more more trainers that are focused more on that long game, that long-term goal for their clients and for themselves versus just how fast can I lose weight? I want it now. We just live in this society where everything's, you know, Uber eats, everything's Amazon delivery, where we just want it right now. And no one has the patience to wait and to work for it and know that it takes time. It takes consistency. And the, the sooner you realize that, you're also going to be able to maintain it longer because if you drop weight like that, you're probably going to lose a lot of muscle a lot with it. You're going to probably affect your hormones. You're going to affect a lot of other different things that come with it, which is why a lot of competitors end up so unhealthy as well too is because they put themselves in a very stressed state. Their hormones are affected. So many people have come to me you know, with all of these imbalances after competing from dropping weight so fast, you know, from the stress that they're putting on their body because they go 100 for way too long, like you talked about. And there are times you just need to, you need to back off. You need to give your body a break because what we're focused on is, you know, yes, taking that break now, you know, it's gonna, it's hard. And mentally, I think for people like us, it is hard, but we're not focused on right here in this moment. We're focused on, being like this forever and as long as we can and you know one thing i've always said is i want to die young but in an old age and, uh, i love that I, I don't know whose quote that was but it was uh yeah it was the point of uh die as young as you can um as late as you can or something and and that you, your point is we want to be youthful and, and be like this as long as we possibly can so how can we do that how can we set ourselves up for that and the way you're doing it is a smart way. The hardest thing to do is correlate weightlifting um, and eating as the same way we do with finance. We put it away. We put it for the future. We're trying to uh, invest. What can we do later on? And so one thing that's interesting when I work with people, and I, I can tell that you do the same thing. I'll set people up when they work with me on a healthy diet, a good diet, something that's going to get their body you know, working again, metabolism wise. I don't care if they lose weight. I don't care if anything. I want to make sure their metabolism is functioning. The second thing I have them do is I tell them to back down their training to 60%. Well, you can imagine the guys that come to me. I see you lift heavy all the time. I want to be a beast like you. Great. Training uh, 60%. Wait a minute, what? I thought I was going to train for three hours a day and go heavy as anything and everything. That's why I come to you. No, you came to me because you want to be able to be a beast for a lifetime. And if you can just correct people's nutrition and get their metabolism working and their mind, like you said earlier, uh, get that stress away from them. If you can get that working, it takes a moderate workout to change your body. And people don't realize that. I love that. So, you know, advice to somebody, let's say, who, you know, really hasn't taken care of themselves for a while and, this has obviously been a wake-up call for a lot of people in terms of health. So I think there's been a lot of positives for the coronavirus and, you know, wake-up call in terms of relationships and taking that more seriously. You know, there's always work, 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 go, go, go. And, you know, 
taking more care of that and the people we love. And then there's our health. I mean, our health really is our wealth. You know, you talked about finances, but we're realizing in this moment, if your health is gone, nothing else matters at all. Your health is 100% your wealth. And I'm not saying wealth as a monetary wealth is whatever allows you to live a fulfilling life that's going to make you happy. Um, so it could be a lot of different things. It could be being around for your kids, being able to play catch with them, take them on trips, you know, be there for your children, be an example for them. I know you just had a, you guys just had a kid not too long ago, which I, I still, I want to touch on. If he's a kid or a mutant kid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I mean, it's, it's being able to do live the life that you want ultimately. So, I mean, going back to my question is what advice would you give to somebody who is wanting to get on that trajectory of health and start taking care of their body, maybe who hasn't for a very long time? I would say the first thing is, I, th I think you, you and me are both this way, write down your goals on really what you want to do and why you're doing it. Um, as soon as you write down your goals and you, and you figure out what it is that you're really doing, are you doing this for yourself? Are you going to get in shape because, again, family, significant other, or, or, or just yourself for once? Um, and get the mind straight that this is something you're going to do. That's going to change everything because then that's going to set you up on your nutrition. And again, I'll talk about this all the time. Nutrition is number one to me. It's more important than sleep. It's more important than training. It's more important than anything. Uh, a healthy, great meal that's set up correctly, meals that are set correctly for you, you can change your body. And I, I've said this my entire career. I can change somebody on nutrition alone without training. I cannot change somebody that doesn't have nutrition, that trains like a beast. I can't do it. it. It's the complete opposite. You're actually tearing down your body and destroying it when you're doing that with a bad nutrition. So for anybody out there, nutrition's key. And the second thing is not weightlifting either. Second thing is mindset, knowing this is going to be a process, staying in the process and understand that stay as best you can. And I know this is the toughest thing. Try to stay as best you can stress-free. Um, life is tough. I understand that. But again, I think the main thing here is trying to look at every situation and seeing how we can make it better and not the worst of every situation. Um, and that's a tough thing to do. I know that. That's not easy. Um, being consistent is not easy. And then the, then the next thing would be training and being healthy. I would recommend, though, for everybody to get somebody that's done this longer than themselves. Michael Jordan had a trainer. Tom Brady has uh, trainers and coaches. So the greatest in the world have coaches. And so for anybody that's watching, I'd say work with you or somebody that they can work with that, that will set them up in the correct way and not in the short-term way. So that, that's my best recommendation is, is start with the nutrition first and foremost. I agree 100% with that. <laughs> um, Another thing is don't worry about genetics. Sorry, I'll say genetics is out the window. Also supplementation or, or extra stuff, again, out the window. Don't worry about that. Um, just worry about the health as, as first and getting your metabolism working. Like your metabolism works. And we know that because you're taking in carbohydrates with every meal. And you're in great shape as is. We talk about this, and you and I know this, but the majority of your listeners probably don't realize this, that they think when they see these guys that are ripped and sliced to the bone that 
when they walk on stage that their metabolisms are functioning. What they don't realize is they're in such a deficit of calories and they're on a load of cardio and they're probably training twice a day. That doesn't mean their metabolism's working perfectly. What it means is they're working off all the calories they're eating. That you can't maintain. I would rather you be the person that trains four times a week, eats healthy, especially for your mind and body, and uh, trains moderate. That's maintainable. I know that's not what people want to hear, but that's maintainable. It's what they need to hear because it's the truth, you know. If everyone just got it exactly how they wanted it, like got that quick fix like everybody's looking for, it's not going to get them the results that they want or at least not the results that are going to last long term. It's why so many competitors who maybe do look amazing on stage, what happens right after? What do they look like a month later? They rebound, they gain a ton of weight, they, their health is all messed up from the inside as well too. Not even to mention like the mental effects that they have, which is ultimately why I got out of competing because I saw kind of the dark side of it. I saw, you know, how it affected, you know, and it did have an effect on me probably. You know, I didn't like the idea of having to get the approval of a judge for myself, you know, because I would give you critique for being too shredded. You know, they would look at me and because I'm small still, I was in bikini and they're like, oh, she's too ripped, you know, and I'm just like, why do I care? You know, this is why did I start doing this in the first place was for me. Like you said at the beginning, I was doing this for me. So I quit competing and then people are, I get asked all the time in the gym, are you prepping for a show? I'm like, no, I'm not. This is me. This is what I love to do. I'm doing this for me. And um, yeah, and that's exactly what you said. Like, that's why so many people end up, you know, just gaining everything right back because they're not really looking at the long term. So I'm at the pinnacle of, of that location. Gold's Gym Venice, mostly through the 90s and early 2000s, it was everybody came out there because they were trying to get in the magazines. They were trying to get uh, those TV shows and all that. And I'd see these guys come out and, and their goal, which it should never have been, is, hey, my goal is to uh, get the IFBB card, pro card, uh, or to win a show. Um, and then Because when I get that, then life opens up. You know, Wizard of Oz, I get the, the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow or something. And it's amazing because you said something there that you said you competed and you had to get these uh, um, critiques from the judges and they tell you how good or bad you are, which is interesting to me because there's one thing is I, I went into shows going, dude, I, I like how I look. I, I like my art piece. And it never mattered to me what those nine judges said. Um because of the fact that I knew what I wanted to look like and I was never going off of their critique. Uh, so it's one great thing that you have is that you went in and, and you wanted to do it for you and not for the judges. And what I saw is people would come out here again, the next great Arnold's, all these guys would come out here and they go, it's me winning the show, getting the pro card is going to set my life up. Now you don't control those things. Um, and if you go into a show going, I have to win regardless of how I look, then you're losing yourself. And that's one big thing that happened to bodybuilding. It, it, like they talk about, they got so massive and so huge. And if you talk to those guys off camera and off screen, you know, they don't want to be that big, yeah. but they had to do what they had to do to be the best. Um, and they weren't happy with how they felt or looked at that size. And so my, my recommendation to anybody that's really going to do health and fitness, if you do a show, 
and you look great for you, be happy no matter where you are. Because the real work starts after the show. It doesn't start, I don't care if you get first place or 16th place. The work starts after the show with the photo shoots and, and the PR stuff and, and you getting um, your programs together and start talking about your journey into it. That's the real stuff. It's not the trophy. I know people, people that took fifth and sixth in shows that did more PR after shows that got more press than the guys that won the show. Because the guys that win the show, if they're going in just to win the show and they win the show, they feel like, okay, I'm good. Come to me now. I'm done working. Come to me. I'm the greatest. Yeah. I'll take the guy that got fourth or fifth that's willing to put in the work afterwards. I also think it's who you become in the process as well, too, which is why, you know, I still get people to ask me to help coach them in competing. Um, and I say, hey, I'm not going to put your health at risk. I'm not going to do anything that's going to compromise your health. We're going to do this the right way. And I'm going to make you look damn good up on that stage. But this is going to be about you in the process. And I actually had a client who said that she needed to back out with all this COVID stuff going on. She was in law school. She, you know, and I was, and I was all for that too. So it's about though who you become in the process, which is why I love people in this industry, you know, in the fitness with that mindset is it's just because of what you cultivated and who you become like the confidence that you built within yourself to be able to do something. So like competing for me, it served its purpose. You know, I was able to prove, you know, prove things to myself that I was able to do this, that I could get that lean. And it was a confidence for me to step out on stage and a way for me to showcase that. And then the consistency I had to help with my training and nutrition, it set me up for success long term. And it wasn't about the trophy. It was about, it's about who you become in the process of trying to achieve that set goal. And then when, even if you get the goal or you don't, it doesn't matter because you already who you are. You said something there that's very interesting. And I'm curious on, on this is the mindset. Mm -hmm. uh, you and I realize that it is the times you don't want to train or the times you don't want to eat right is when you really need to do it. So I'm curious because um, like a lot of probably uh, uh, trainers online, um, a lot of my clients called and said, hey, no gym, no nothing. Um, I, can't, I can't do it right now. I'm going to hold off. Um, I'm just gonna, I'll get back to you when the gym's open back up. And I just let them go because I know that's a mindset. Because my thought right now is if there's any time you should be working with an expert, it's now more than any other time. This is the time where you could really kind of either hold still and keep everything and all your gains uh, or even work on uh, fine tuning your metabolism even better. Um, you can get better during this time. And I'm curious for you, did you uh, lose a lot of clients Did a lot of people with the mindset of, well, there's no gym. So why am I doing this? I did. I did lose a lot of clients. Um, I talked to a few of them and that, uh, we figured some things out, you know, I advocated that exact thing to them. I said, this is actually the time where um, we need nutrition more than ever, especially in terms of our immune system, in terms of our overall health. So like I've, you know, switched gears even with some of the things that I've been focusing on. Um, I'm like, hey, look, I'm not expecting you to come back shredded like crazy beyond belief at the end of this, but I am expecting you to stay consistent with what we're working on. I'm, I'm expecting you to still put in the work. I'm 
and I also think that, you know, we need the nutrition for our overall health right now more than anything. But I have the people who are, um, you know, I, I, out of fear, they think they cancel because you yes, the gym or just fear of coming in, but that's an excuse because I'm doing everything virtual anyway as well too. You don't need to come in face to face, but, um, you know, I can't convince people as we've all learned throughout this. You cannot convince anyone of anything. You can be a resource. You can be an advocate. You can be their biggest cheerleader. You can, you know, even tell them the hard stuff that they need to hear, but at the end of the day, they have to want it for themselves. Yeah, that's, it's, a, it's a tough thing to choose because you're much nicer than I am when it comes to clients in that sense. I just kind of go, absolutely, take care. <laughs> I, I don't try to change their minds, um, and I don't try to teach them. If they can't comprehend that right now is more important. And, and we all know this as, as kids growing up. It's the times you don't want to do something. Um, if you do it, then you're going to become a champion. Um, and it's doing that repetition, the stuff that gets boring after a while. You still got to do it. And I know that it gets boring, but that's the stuff that makes you a champion. And we can go back to the pros. Uh, Tom Brady has probably worked on his footwork enough, but he still works on his footwork. Um, you know, Michael Jordan still was doing uh, pre throws, And it was like, well, come on now. He's done enough. He's a pro. He's won championship and like, still does it. That's what separates the, the people. And I think that's great right now that I see that the clients that are like, I'm on this more than ever. How can we, how can we come out of this stronger? I'm like, I like you. And that's, I'm at a, a level where I get to somewhat pick and choose my clients, which is nice. Um, and uh, I, I love those because those kind of people motivate me too. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's interesting. I think uh, as a trainer, I get motivated off of watching their progress and how hungry they are for something. And not the guy getting ready for a show. It's just the family man that has three kids that just wants to be able to um, play ball with his kid. And, and, and his drive is, is just like me at 14, 15. So. And I think you also weed out people who really don't want it. Because the people who want it and they want it so bad, it doesn't matter. You could give them any in the world. You can shut down the gyms. You can, you know, get rid of most of the groceries in the grocery store. It doesn't matter. They will find a way because they want it. And the people who, you know, say, what? I can't do anything. They were just waiting for some kind of an excuse and a reason not to do it. You know, I'll even have, I've had clients um, since I do a lot in person with my nutrition practice who say, I'll get messages be like, "Ah, you know, I really didn't follow it this month. So can we push our appointment to the next month? And I'm like, no, this is why exactly why you need to come in because you're not following it. And we need to talk about that. We don't need to come in when you have everything perfect. And then, cause they like, they think it's like a report card. They're like, ah, oh, you know, I want to get a good, you know, pat on the back from Rachel. And it's like, no, you need to come in when you're not following it and you're not doing it. And we need to work on that because that's really what your problem is. Your problem is, oh, I need to come in and when everything's perfect. Yeah, it, it, you see, we take it so much for, we can go so much further into this. And I know we talk forever, but I want to say it's, it's, it's interesting. I, I'll get messages back or um, we're talking to clients and you get this all the time. I'll back down their training from six days to four days. I'll raise their calories and I'll put carbohydrates back in. And then you get their response after um, two or four weeks and they're like, well, shoot, man nothing's changed. I'm the same weight. 
wait a minute. You're eating a thousand calories more. You're training less, and nothing happened. And and to you and me, if the society doesn't understand what that means, is they're being able to utilize more calories and train less, which means their body is functioning better. Um, and that is a huge transformation, even though the scale didn't change. So everybody's so prone into one thing and they don't look at the whole picture. Yeah, we're in lockdown right now. I understand that. So let's work on the nutrition. Let's work on doing some kind of activity to kind of keep us in shape right now. I get it sucks right now. I get it's tough and I get that finances may be hard. Let's look at the other side. Let's start working on the health and the family and, and take this time. For me, man, it's, it's, I get to see my son every day and hang out with him all the time. Um, for me too, I get to fix myself and my metabolism uh, and get uh, a load of carbs back in and let the body heal. Um, so in every sense, there's a negative and a positive. Try to, try to find the positive. 100%. You know, it's always mindset and you can always look at everything from very different perspectives. What, like we said early on, you can have the, my father was an alcoholic, so, you know, I got to follow that footsteps or my father was an alcoholic and I'm going to be nothing like them. It's always going to be what perspective can you look at this situation in? and it's very easy to fall back into that negative perspective. You know, that's kind of like our, um, it's like our base, you know, it's so easy to go back there, but it's kind of like training your body know every single day you also have to train your mind just as well too because I know for myself coming from trauma coming from a lot of neglect as a kid I can my mind can easily go there but I say nope not going there <laughs> not going there and you know you have to train your mind as well too and I think even during this time where maybe a lot of people are alone you know we're yes we're isolated they're not able to be with family and it is so easy to go there right now but you just can't go there you have to focus on what your goals are you know what are you creating for yourself what do you want that long-term goal to be for you because this will end and when it does end you know who do you want to be after that I think that's really really important and um I could just keep talking to you <laughs> never and ever uh when you when all this is over and you're in the Dallas area I'll have to get you on actually in on a podcast where we can be in the studio and we can let's get some training in and, and we'll do this again in person. You trained pretty early, <laughs> but uh, we'll definitely get it in. So uh, thank you. Thank you so much for coming on my show today. It's been a pleasure. I feel that uh, you've added fuel to my fire. So I know I'm going to, I'm going to go work out after this. I'm excited. So yeah, thank you so much for coming on. Thanks for making this happen. All right, guys, that is Mike O'Hearn. I will post some links here below to his pages. If you aren't already following him, you definitely need to be. Um, if you haven't subscribed yet to my podcast, um, you definitely need to do so because we have incredible people on every single week, like Mike, top athletes, entrepreneurs, and coaching, telling you what they need that what they do to be successful. So thank you so much again. This has been Sheer Madness.